Hey guys, welcome to the Candid Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Pardee from CandidConfidence.com. I'm a confidence coach, blogger, and online course instructor here to help you unleash your inner badass. This podcast is for the girl who is ready to ditch the self-doubt, overcome the overthinking, and live a life that feels fearless and free. So let's do the damn thing. Hi girl, welcome back to the Candid Confidence Podcast. So glad to have you. Today, we're going in on some of my favorite things to teach about, money. We are gonna get you ready to ditch your old money stories and create a whole new one, and it's gonna feel really, really good. I'm so giddy today because I'm flying out to Vegas in a few hours, and I'm excited to be in warmer weather and actually see the sunshine. I'm going to a Cirque du Soleil show, I'm getting a massage. I think we're gonna go hiking at Red Rock Canyon and just do all the Vegas things, so I'm so excited. And yeah, just gonna gonna have so much fun out there. And of course, eating all the food and drinking all the mimosas. And if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, um, December 22nd or anytime this week, send me a DM of your favorite things to do in Vegas. I'm dying to know. Um, I'm over at Instagram at candid.confidence. Wait, what, you're not following me? Go follow me, go follow me girl, and then tell me what you love to do in Vegas so I can go check it out. Okay, so here we are to talk about your money story. How can we ditch the old money story and create a brand new, much more empowering one? First, we need to go way, 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 way back, back to when we first learned about money. And I want you to start thinking about the money lessons you were taught as a child. Did you have to earn an allowance? Did you hear your parents maybe fighting about money? Did you come to a belief that having money was somehow greedy or bad, or maybe there was never enough? What was the story that you learned as a young child about money? So I'm gonna divulge a little bit here about my own money story as a kid and kind of show you how I have um, made some changes to my own money mindset through working through the story. So. I grew up in a family that didn't have very much wealth. We weren't, you know, on welfare or homeless or anything like that, but we lived extremely frugally. And the story that I learned at a young age from that was that what we were doing in terms of being super frugal, even though it wasn't always comfortable and it was a struggle and it caused my parents a lot of stress, what we were doing was somehow right. It really came across to me in my young mind that people who had wealth were somehow greedy and rich people were kind of frowned upon. And my parents taught me a lot of really, really, really important things. And this isn't to say that they did anything wrong with what they taught me. They, like most parents, did the very best that they knew how to do, right? And really they just passed their money stories that they learned down to me. My parents' parents grew up during the Great Depression and in that time frame, like, you had kind of had to learn a lot of people lost everything and they had to learn how to be extremely frugal and live off not much. So that was passed along to my mom. And even though her family was wealthy growing up, her parents had lost everything in the great depression and had passed on this like frugality mindset. And it was this idea that spending money was wasteful, that spending money was wrong and that's that's kind of what kept them feeling safe and secure and that was passed down to my parents and you know growing up without a whole lot 
it really, really taught me something important. I developed a serious hunger and drive. I decided at a very young age that I was capable of making my own money and that I would do whatever it took to make sure that I had wealth. At 13, I started my first company as a babysitter. <laughs> um, but I literally went so hard, you guys. I had business cards made. I hung flyers in like grocery stores and all over town, like in church and everywhere. And I read books on how to grow my babysitting business. I was all in and just, I was at 13 years old babysitting for complete strangers. And I remember in the summer when I was 13, I worked full time as a nanny making $10 an hour and I was proud of it. And a lot of it was like 10 hour days nannying, but I was like, cool, this is how I'm going to make money. I'm capable of doing this. So early on my money story taught me to be a hustler. I worked full-time waitressing in high school. In college, I worked several jobs. Like I just grinded it out and I just had this mindset that I would do whatever it took to make money. But after I graduated from college and got my first couple of promotions, um, started making more money than, than my parents and then a lot of people, you know, more money than a lot of people who are in the parents' age, my old money stories started coming back to haunt me. And this is where you kind of have to really examine what those money stories are because they do tend to come back at some point. So I started feeling bad. I started feeling guilty. And when I was 24, I bought a house that was bigger than my parents' house and bigger than a lot of people's parents' houses. And I felt guilty, you know, showing people pictures of my house. I didn't want to. And then I bought a hot tub for my house and that was a whole nother level of guilt. Um, sometimes it just seemed like you know, why do I have this and other people don't? So I like dreaded people asking me how much money I made because I made more money than, than most of my friends. And I didn't want people to feel weird about it. I didn't want people to think, you know, I was like a snob all of a sudden or that there was something, you know, different because I basically was raised that rich people aren't the best and that there's something wrong with spending money. There's something wrong with luxury and that everyone should pretty much just live in a very frugal way. So I kind of assumed, because this is what our brain does, I tend to assume that other people feel that same way about wealth. I assume other people were raised that way. And so I also like, I got super triggered by money talk for a long time. People whose parents paid for their college, paid for their health insurance, gave them a car, I was so jealous. I felt like I had been dealt a difficult hand. And even though I knew I would always create my own wealth, I felt like it was so much harder for me. And that triggered me for a very long time. And now I'm, I'm truly grateful that I didn't have those things handed to me because it really gave me a hunger and a drive. And I don't believe I would have built my company. I wouldn't have built Candid Confidence without that. And so I still struggle with the money mindset. You know, it's something that always comes up from time to time. And when situations are new, kind of like self-doubt, everyone still confronts it no matter what level they get to. It's just how our brains are programmed. The difference is for me now, I got myself into a mindset where I can identify it as that. I can identify self-doubt as being a lie and a limiting belief. I can identify guilt around money as not being a real thing. It's not true, right? There's no fact that everyone hates rich people, right? It's just simply ridiculous. So once you have that 
at the forefront, you can work through any of those self-doubts, any of those limiting beliefs that are holding you back. So <laughs> I'm now creating new stories around money. And one thing that I truly believe deep down my core is that making money comes easily to me. Do I work hard? Yes, I work very hard. But I'm also kind of a visionary when it comes to making money. And I have a hard time understanding how other people don't make money because for me, it's kind of second nature. I see what I need to do. I've always, always, always my whole life been able to like visualize what I need to do to make money. And I never really understood that until recently because it, it, I always was confused how other people couldn't do that. But it's like that must be one of my zones of genius, right? And typically when you're identifying what your zones of genius are, it's going to be the things that come so naturally to you that you're like, why, can't, why don't other people have that understanding? Because it comes so naturally, you just assume it would come naturally to other people as well, but it doesn't. So now I'm like obsessed with helping my clients be able to hone in on, you know, how to monetize their passions and how they can increase their wealth while dropping their old money stories. And I'm just super passionate about it. Um, but it's taken me a really long time to grasp the idea that it's safe for me to have money, that I can do good things with money, that, you know, the more money I have, the more money I'm putting back into the economy, which is helping people. You know, I'm, I'm paying people, right? And I'm still learning that I never need to hide wealth. That's, that's still really difficult for me. But you know what? I'm here to inspire people and I'm here to show people what's possible for them. I'm also here to teach people that you don't need to hide anything about your life. And I'm here to teach people how to go bigger, how to chase fearlessly after their dreams. So I have to learn that it's okay for me to show people the life that I live because I'm here to show you how you can do it too. And that it's okay and there's nothing wrong with it. So that's kind of like a, a synopsis of my money story journey throughout life. And I want to take a look at what your money story is. Do you believe you have to work a shit ton of hours to make a lot of money? Do you believe money is limited? Do you feel stuck in your career and not know what to do next to make more money and maybe feel like, well, you know, this is what I make and this is what I'll always make and I don't really see a way out of that. Maybe there's some weird power dynamic in your household because either you or your spouse, one person typically makes more money. Um, we really want to dig in and do some journaling around first memories of earning money, first memories of receiving money, first memories of your parents talking about money, friends when you were a kid, what, what did they say about it? And then we just want to be digging out the themes that have become a pattern throughout our lives. And even too, like looking at the things that trigger you around money, who, what, what conversations have you had recently? where you felt triggered around money talk. And really we wanna look at why. What's that pattern that's shown up throughout our whole life that has to do with that money trigger essentially? I need to take a drink of water. Ah, okay. I drink a shit ton of water, you guys, and I'm obsessed because I think it's so important for so many things. And we all know the benefits of drinking water, but I really, really prioritize that. Okay, where was I? So maybe there's a story that there was never enough money, you know, growing up or that there's always like fear of not having enough. 
Essentially, that tends to create a lack mentality in our lives. And that was a huge one for me. So ask yourself, where have these things repeated throughout your life? And once we can start identifying these patterns, we can break them down and at the very least start recognizing them when they come up. And that is where the magic happens. When you're able to start having, being triggered, for example, when you're able to get triggered, um, you know, let's say you're at a dinner party, you're at a dinner table, maybe with family or friends and something triggers you about money and you're able to stop and think, hmm, why am I getting like frustrated here? Why am I getting anxious here? What am I avoiding talking about here and why? And then take that home and go to your journal with it and break it down. And once we can start having this happen automatically, it allows us to recognize that, you know, there's something behind every trigger in our lives. And when we do the inner work, we can make it so that we stop getting triggered like that. Or when we get triggered like that, we know that none of it's real and that we're just essentially choosing to feel those negative emotions because we have the choice to clear them. So there's a ton of more work kind of to do around like the inner work with money. And this is where I really go deep with my clients, but a great place to start is just recognizing what those old money beliefs are and dig into that. And then we can start to play in a more uplifting vibration around money. We can start to create beliefs that money always comes easily to us. We can start to set new energetic boundaries around what we get to have. If you haven't listened to episode 13, that's my first money mindset episode that I did. And I really go into a lot of super interesting psychological and scientific facts about money and statistics that you need to hear. So if you haven't listened to episode 13, go listen right after this um, or, or like have it ready for your next like gym sesh or your next car ride. So a couple of really important kind of quick action steps here. The first step, I need you to decide that when you open up your banking app on your phone or on your computer, that you are opening up a text from your best friend. We need to decide that money is our best friend. There's a really good book that talks about this. It's called A Happy Pocket Full of Money. Order that book on Amazon. And we need to decide that money always supports us. It's always there for us. And that's just the way that it is, right? So it's like deciding a new belief around money. So think of a relationship where you always know the support is there and then that person would never let anything bad happen to you. So for me, like thinking about my husband, if something happens, he's just, he's going to always be there no matter what type of fight we would get in, it wouldn't matter. Like he's always there to support me. And I just know that like deep in my heart. So think of a situation, a family member, a friend, a spouse, a significant other that you feel that support with. Um, and let's think of how it would be like with a very best friend and apply that same vibration, that same feeling, that same emotion to money and start affirming and saying the affirmation, I love money and money loves me. I am always supported by money. I always have more than enough money. And when you start saying affirmations like these out loud, because you want to repeat the same one over and over, you're likely going to come across some doubts in your mind. Your mind's going to say, well, what do you mean you always have more than enough money? That's not true. Keep going with the affirmation, but also remember those 
the like the doubts that come up during affirmation work are really important too and we can journal on those and be like why do i believe that is it absolutely true like is it true beyond a shadow of a doubt and just like breaking them down that way in your journal so when you open up your banking app before you even like look at what's in there <laughs> no matter what you know you're gonna see believe it will always be more than enough because for you to get to a point of having more than enough money you've got to first develop the belief that it's possible. Then you'll start to be led by your subconscious to the right choices to get you the actual money. Because right now, you're telling yourself there's never enough. Money stresses you out. You feel like you'll always be broke. That's what's ingrained in your subconscious. So the decisions you're making and the actions you're taking are always going to seek to validate that. That is what the brain does. It wants to confirm for you the things you believe are true. So if you're going around saying I'm broke, it's always looking to confirm that for you. Okay, so speaking of that, we're going to go into step number two. Change your language around money. When we use words like broke, cheap, and poor, even if we use them to say what we don't want, the brain is going to cling to them. You have to stop using negations to tell your mind what to do. So get those words out of your vocabulary as quickly as you can. Like we are done using those words. Like it makes me feel gross to even say the words broke, cheap, and poor because I got them out of my vocabulary and I just like can't even, I just can't. So we're done with those. Another one, and this one's been harder for me, is the word expensive. If you're using the word expensive to describe things that you don't get to have right now, which is typically what we're doing, your subconscious is picking up on that. And you don't want to be deciding that you don't get to have things. Let's swap that word out for either high end or luxury or luxurious. Those words are more positive in our language and they typically are used by us to describe things like it's not like such a negative term, right? Um, and right now, probably in your mind, the word expensive, if you continue to use it, it's just, it's just validating that you don't get to have it. So if you continue to refer to the things you want, but aren't going to prioritize right now as expensive, your brain's thinking, I can't have it instead of how could I have it? So step three is to create a vision board. What better time than right before a new decade starts? I love vision boards. And I just think it's so fun. You can make an old fashioned one by printing out photos of the things you want, or you can go digital and make it on Pinterest. And so you want to put the things on there that you're manifesting, the houses, the cars, the travel, luxury items. You also want to mix in things you have already manifested. So like mine has a pair of sunglasses I already have. For example, and it has like the Venetian Hotel, which is where I'm staying in Vegas. So that's my Pinterest um, vision board. Like I mix in things I already have because then your mind is going to get to a point of, oh yes, like these are possible things instead of looking at it like, oh, it's a pipe dream. Uh, okay, so I have one in my office hung up that I made the old fashioned way. It has like the house I want with an in-ground pool. It has a pontoon boat with a slide. I'm like looking at it right now as I'm talking. It has the car I want. It has the truck I want to get for my husband, a Louis bag, just like all the things, but then also my Pinterest one. 
I update more frequently with other things that I want as well. And so the key is when you're looking at your vision board, whether it's on Pinterest or hung up in your office, when you look at these, you want to start to feel as if you already have them. And part of the reason we're having these is we need our brain to start to see these things as normal. And we're deciding like, of course I get to have all these things, duh. You want your mind to start to believe that you get to have these things and you get to have this lifestyle. And you want to start becoming used to seeing this lifestyle as if you're already living it. So it's a great way to get yourself kind of used to those things. Uh, okay, so the three action steps to start taking right away. Number one, decide your bank account is your best friend. Money is your friend. You can even change the name of your bank accounts that you see like when you open your banking app to reflect abundance or maybe call your savings account your overflow account. You know, make it fun. Number two, change your language around money. What's the story that you want your subconscious mind to start manifesting for you? Because whatever words you're using, that's what it's creating. So drop the words poor, cheap, and broke permanently from your vocabulary. I used to literally call myself cheap all the time and it makes me cringe even saying the word out loud. <clears throat> Number three, create your vision board. Oh my gosh, I'm like losing my voice. Gotta take some water. I've been talking a lot today. I had a call with a client this morning to onboard a new client. I had a live webinar. Now I'm recording a podcast. So number three, create your vision board. Make the things and lifestyle you want super normal in your mind. Start to bring it into your field of vision every day. Okay, that's all she wrote, guys. With she, she being me. But I do have to tell you, I have two private coaching spots opening up in January. So if you've been thinking about hiring me as your coach, you know you need to transform your mindset and you're like, yep, let's freaking do this once and for all. Let me know. I also have a mastermind coming in early 2020. And this is going to be for my girls who are in online business or in network marketing. And they're looking for support and accountability and trainings and strategy, but also to be in a container with other girls who are on that same mission, on that same path, because it can be hard to find people to talk to about things when you are the only person in your circle who is doing anything like online on social media. And there's a lot of feelings of awkwardness. There's feelings of self doubt. It's really helpful being in a container like that with people who are on the same path. So that mastermind is going to get you past your self doubt stage and into your I got this stage. So I'll drop the link in the show notes for my coaching. I don't have a link for the mastermind just yet. It's still super new. Um, but DM me if you want a spot because I'm keeping this a very small group. So that will fill very quickly. All right. I hope you loved this episode. If you did snap a pic and tag me on Instagram at candid.confidence. Tell me what you took away from it. Help me spread the word. Help me share this podcast with more people so we can change more lives. And don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes and also leave me a review. Okay, I love you. Bye.